Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to the misadventures of doing the most. Today, our guest is Candace Johnson, the founder of 925Fave. Candace, can you tell us a little bit more about you and who you are and why you founded this company? Definitely. Thank you so much for having me, Georgie. Um, I definitely think it's important for the viewers to know that we go way back. Me and Georgie went to high school together. We were actually yeah. in for prom, so it's great to just see her again and to work with her on the project. So, um, 9 to 5 Babe is my business. It's casual work for clothing for women. So, after working in like, the entertainment industry for a long time, I really made this with like women who work in creative fields in mind. So, like, one thing I make sure to include in all my designs is that it's chic, it's affordable, and that it's comfortable for working women. So, like, clothing that you can wear during your commute to work, but you can also wear afterwards to, like, a happy hour event, or just, like, if you want to hang out with friends after work. Nice. And that's really inspirational. So, can you talk a little bit about why you started that company? Was it, you, you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, it was, like, a need that you had. But what was the pivotal point where you said, I have to be the one to solve this problem versus waiting for someone else to kind of um, produce clothing like this? Well, honestly, I'm really just a busybody. I was in law school and I was working for Nickelodeon at the same time. So like my work day for Nickelodeon started at 7.30. I would get off at 4.30 and then I would commute to Queens from the city and start school around like 6.30. And I actually really hated law school and didn't want to do it anymore. I completely dropped out. And I was just like, well, you know, what do I want to do with my life? What am I passionate about? What do I, you know, where do I want to go next? Because I like being like in leadership. I like, you know, being bossy. So I was just like, if it's not law, maybe I should try out business and see where it goes with that. I had previously worked New York Fashion Week and I really liked being in that environment. And I just loved being able to like see the designers, the models and like the pieces and how everything connected. So that really made me say like, okay, I'm gonna start a fashion line. I'm gonna start a business. And there was this um, program called Factory 45 that was for um, entrepreneurs. And pretty much within that program, um, they really taught you how to start your own fashion business and how to do it sustainably. So um, I signed up for it. I was so, so happy when I got in. And that's really like how I started and like where the journey began. And I would say that um, at first it actually wasn't nine to five, babe. It was gonna be called Trendsetter and it was gonna be streetwear for women. But then- um, Repeat that, you said streetwear? Yeah, it was gonna be a streetwear line for women and it was gonna be called Trendsetter. But then I started talking to um, just different women in my network and like putting out questions online. And like you said, when it came to the niche, people were like, we don't need more streetwear. We spend most of our time at work. We need comfortable clothing to wear to work. So that's really kind of how I fell into my niche. It was like a market analysis. And then I was just like, oh, like, I love work and dressing for work. So like, let's do it. Nice. What I want to point out real quick to the audience is the the part part we just mentioned about doing your research right a lot of people just kind of jump right into something and they think they know what the audience wants and then when they do 
without doing surveys or questioning or asking other folks, you know, they might ask folks about, you know, here's my logo, does it look nice? Or here's my um, social media, can you follow it? But what you did was really important to ask folks, this is what I'm doing. Is this something, is this a need for you? Is this a want for you? And then from there, you're able to recognize like, wait, there's really no strong demand for more streetwear, but there's a huge demand for that, that workwear that could double as like after work and like, you know, um, events and like something more functional. So that's really great that you did that. Um, you're about to say something? I would definitely say like, ask as many people as possible. Like if I could go back in time, it would have been an even bigger sample set of people that I asked. So definitely do your research, guys. Nice, nice. And what made you come up with the name 925 Bay? Was it because of similar to like the program that you um, went to or like what inspired it? Or like what is the meaning behind the name? Oh yeah, definitely. So I think like when you think of a name, it should kind of tell people like what they're getting, what they're about to buy. And then I also just based it off of like other names I really liked that I felt like my brand identity and like brand tone kind of aligned with. So like, I was like, all right, like I want to do this name. I don't know what to think of. I don't know what to name it. So one of the brands I liked was um, Matt Brand. She's a young black female entrepreneur and that's her brand. And then I was looking on her page, like, all right, like why did she name it this? Like, how did she come up with this kind of? And I saw that she had something called Working Girl. And I was like, oh my God, that would have been so perfect. Like, dang, like, she already took it. And she's making, like, it's not even really like workwear clothing, but that's just what she called it. And it's dope. So then I looked at that. And then I'm also a really big fan of Nasty Gal. So even though that um, company, like, kind of sold, it's still very inspirational to me. Just like how she started her business and like where she took it. So I thought about those two names. I was like, all right, like, these are so perfect. Like, what can I do that's similar? And then I kind of just thought about what my clothing line was and what it stood for. So nine to five is a play off of your nine to five job, pretty much. I think a lot of people think sometimes like it's an area code or like something like that. But no, it's just a play off of those words. And then babe is pretty much just like you're a young, fun girl. So that's really how the name came about. Just kind of like put it together. And I think it has a nice ring to it. So yeah once you literally my brain like i don't know if you saw my face like it just clicked like nine to five and i was like whoa <laughs> so that's really cool that's really cool and i think you know people would love that i'm hearing the story behind that and seeing um that inspiration so are you still currently working um a nine to five uh while you're while you're on your business uh venture yeah definitely so um if you would have asked me like maybe I think like a month ago, I wasn't. So there was like a three and a half month period where I was so be focused on um, launching. But now I am working a nine to five while running nine to five, babe. It's definitely a balance. I would say like if you can, when you're like really about to launch, don't work a nine to five. Like put all your energy into it. Like, yeah. Definitely. And so does the job that you work in the daytime kind of feed into or support nine to five babe in any type of way um you know maybe like industry wise yeah go ahead i would say financially like yeah you know we're putting all of like most of our check back into our business yeah and i think a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of people just figure it's oh you know just quit your job and focus on your business but how are you going to be able to fund your business how are you going to be able to cut you know business expenses because businesses do cost money to run and sometimes you are you know you don't 
not everyone is able to have like a family fund or a trust fund to kind of tip, tip into invest in their business. And I know you did um, one of the more modern ways to get your business funded, which was a crowdfunding campaign. So could you talk to us a little bit about that crowdfunding campaign experience and the results from it? Sure. Crowdfunding is so nerve wracking. You really have to like wrap your minds about it and be like confident yourself because it's extremely transparent. Like people can see how much money you're hoping to get. People can see who's donating to you, how much they're donating and how much you've made so far. So you're really putting yourself out there and it's about just seeing like if your products will work for the market. So like sometimes like if you reach your goal, it's great. Like, you know, enough people are interested in the product, you know that it can do well. Um, other times you might have like a flexible goal where it's kind of just like, um, you know, if you don't reach your goal, you still receive the money and you kind of just do what you can with that to keep your business moving forward. That's pretty much what I did. So yeah, it's definitely a process. Um, yeah, it's just a process. It's really hard. It's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> yes, 100% would agree to that. Um, I've done a few crowdfunding campaigns myself and what people have to recognize too is that a lot of these crowdfunding campaigns that we see like blowing out of the water, there was, you know, sometimes six, 12, 18 months beforehand where the, the founders and the team were prepping for that crowdfunding campaign, yeah. you know, emailing, it's like voting, right? They were emailing, doing groundwork, doing, hey, when I launch my campaign two years from now on December 15, yeah. 2020, can you donate 10 bucks? So, you know, yeah. and that's a lot of things that, people don't see it on the background. And I, I realized that from learning from a couple of um, friends as well, like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So kudos to you for, you know, launching one, being transparent and then gaining the traction. So now I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and start talking about your your company. So how is 9to5Babe doing in terms of um, the production? Cause I saw your journey a bit on Instagram with like, you know, um, creating the, the items. And can you talk a little bit about that journey did you know how to sew? How much did you really know about the fashion industry before you dove in? Definitely. So I mentioned the program that I was in. That pretty much taught me a lot about um, the fashion business side of things. But I think designing was kind of just something that I naturally took towards. Like I had just like a natural flair for just being like someone who loves clothing. But then also just having like a background in art. Like I was always like, you know, someone who drew, someone who painted. So that made it very easy for me to sketch clothing. So um, I would say that and just what I learned in that program really helps me to like get a good foundation to start off of. Of course, there's a lot more for me to learn. And, you know, I learned from my peers in the industry and I live actually like really close to a fashion school. Like everyone in my apartment complex goes there. So I'm always like in the elevator, like, hey, like, how are you? Like, let's connect. Um, I have a question about this. I have a question about that. So um, it's really good. And it's just like a nice way as well to kind of like connect with people who are like minded and just like, you know, get some connects for your business. Nice. Um, and talk a little bit more about like the pieces that you've created so far and like what are your goals and like hopes for the next like six months um, to a year for the business. Okay, cool. So um, right now the first collection, it was called Summer Fridays and pretty much um, people that work in corporate, they'll know like summertime is the best time of the year to work for a company because you get off early on Fridays. So like find you like a half a day or like maybe like not even have to come in for the day. So like this collection was all just about like, all right, it's summer, it's Friday, you're getting off at one o'clock. What are you doing after work? 
you're gonna link up with your other friends that work in the city. You wanna look cute, you guys might go to a museum, you guys might go get food, etc. but you still have to look professional and nice at work. So the first collection was made with like 100% cotton, very similar to linen, so it's very lightweight and like breathable. So if you're in New York during the summer, you know you're commuting on the subway and it's like so hot, so sticky, so crowded. So you're gonna need something that's really breathable. So um, the fabric definitely caters towards that. And then um, there's a shift dress, which I'm wearing right now with a blazer. And then um, the shift dress is from my company, the blazers from Zara, just in case anyone's interested. And um, there's also two pairs of jogger pants. So the first pair is limited edition. I love them to death. It's a light gray material that's um, plaid, very stretchy. That one's not 100% cotton. It's 97% cotton, 3% spandex. And then um, there's another pair that's like darker, kind of better for fall. And it's like wool based. It's a wool cotton blend. So with that one, it is a little, actually they're both pretty warm, but I would say that one just plays more into like fall and winter. Like I wore those to work last week, it was great. <laughs> And then afterwards, a networking event. And it was really funny because my um, sister actually wore them too. But that's pretty much like the perfect use case for the um, leader jogger pants. Pretty much, you know, you can wear them to the day to work. And then afterwards, like a networking event or whatever after work activities you enjoy. Nice. And then you were talking a lot about like the fabric. Yeah. Is there like um, a social component or just like a more economical component to the company while you're choosing the fabrics you're choosing or just is it more so focused on comfort um, that is a great question so it's really a combination between comfort and being like eco-friendly so like the goal for nine to five baby is to be way more sustainable in the future but right now we're really focused on just using cottons because we know how harmful polyester is to the environment so like a lot of people mm. you see in the stores that are um business casual or like workwear are made of polyester. It's a cheaper fabric, so it's really like good in your pockets, but like the damages to the environment are like incredible. Just like pollution wise, animal wise, and like the actual chemicals that it's releasing into the air. So um, yeah, it's definitely a social component. So we're like staying away from um, polyester. And then in the future, we're hoping to use fabrics like cupro, tinsel, bamboo, and hemp. So we'll see how that goes. It'll definitely be like an interesting process and a lot of experimenting. Nice. That's really good to have that, you know, that consciousness. And I think a lot more companies these days are being more conscious about what we put into the world because, you know, we all want to be here to enjoy the fruits of the labor that we're putting in. Um, my next question is a little bit geared now towards um, family and perception. So you said, you know, you were going to law school, you know, working on a nine to five, a, a huge company. Nickelodeon is a huge company. And you, you know, left law school and now you're working in, you know, the fashion creative kind of industry with your, with your uh, company. Did anyone kind of give you like a side eye, like, what you doing? Because <laughs> um, I know a lot of times when people do artistic ventures, especially fashion, painting, art, people are like, what's going on here? So did you get any results like that? I'm blessed to have like an extremely supportive family. That is that. Like they all contributed to my um, crowdfunding campaign. They all asked me, like, you know, how's things going? Like, is there anything we can help with? Like, I'm extremely blessed. That is truly, truly amazing because, again, a lot of folks, they kind of, especially when you're going from such a huge shift, like law to fashion, people are like, what is going on here? Lucky. Are you still secure? I feel like I had a good job already. So they were like, all right, she'll be fine. 
okay I was just a law student a student excuse me and then dropped out like oh I'm just gonna start a fashion business it would have been you know a little bit different because <laughs> I wouldn't have been financially secure nice nice and so overall though what are your hopes for um nine to five babe and just your entrepreneurial journey in general oh yeah so i feel like the goal the ultimate goal for nine to five babe is to be like a new yorking company for younger women so like i want it to be like a storefront like just how you see new yorking company in every mall i want you to see nine to five babe in every mall and it's just like really for like people 18 through 30 so like if you're interning in college there's a collection for you you know right away like oh i need post work i'm gonna go to the nine to five babe so pretty much, and then like when you get your promotion at work, oh, I got a promotion, I'm a manager now, there's an outfit for me at 9 to 5, babe. Like I know that I need to step up my style to elevate to my new position. They got me. So that's really you know, like the number one spot for working women to buy clothing for work and to be in every mall. As this series is called The Misadventure of Entrepreneurship, can you talk a little bit about a misadventure that you had in the business this year? There's a new misadventure that happens every day. Um, you have to just constantly be able to pivot and recover. One thing I learned that if there's a problem, you need to resolve it immediately. Like, do not sit on any problems. So, for example, I feel like I'll let you guys in on a secret. You have a product that's, like, limited edition, it's most likely because, like, whoever your fabric supplier was did not have enough fabric for you to make it something that could fulfill orders. So like, for example, the Rita Jagger pants um, that are limited edition, that's exactly what happened. So um, just like, oh crap, what do I do? I love this fabric. I've made my samples with it. And like, I want to sell it to everyone and like, you know, have everyone buy it, enjoy it. But there is no fabric left. And there is no way on this earth that I can get that fabric. Like, that's the end of the story. So um, you kind of just need to be like, all right, well, even though I love this one, I have to find a new one. So that's how the regular Rita Jagger pants came along. All right, here's another fabric. I love it. We're going to do the same silhouette, the same pants with this one. And then like, all right, well, what do I do with the little bit I have? Limited edition. Still sell it, but, you know, we only have a few. So just little mishaps like that. But, yeah, you just got to be on it, on it, on it. I feel like I waited so long to find the new fabric, but I should have did it, like, immediately. And, like, that wait time actually kind of pushed back my launch a little bit, so... Stay on top of it for all the inspiring, all the inspiring um, entrepreneurs. Just stay on top of your game. Nice. And you keep saying we. Um, could you talk, do you have like a team? Is it more so like a lot of freelancers plus yourself, a production team? Like who's who's working with um, on 9 to 5 babe with you? I work with a lot of freelancers and then I normally use interns as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, just freelancers and me. Interns. Cool, cool, cool. And, you know, I wanted to just say thank you so much for, like, sharing that insight because a lot of folks probably didn't know that. And especially if they are a clothing brand, they might think, oh, I have to, if I don't have it perfect, then I can't do that. But, you know, the limited edition tip, I'm pretty sure it has helped, is going to help someone. Um, as we're coming to the end of the interview, uh, I'd like to ask folks what kind of advice or, you know, information or just steps that they want to give to somebody else out there that's going to aspiring entrepreneur or is a current entrepreneur that might be stuck um do you have any advice that you could offer for someone out there i would say take your time so like you really need to take your time and pace yourself 
and don't be in a rush to launch. So by that, I mean you need to do, and to be consistent. So you need to be consistently researching different things in your industry. So if you're in fashion, um, check out businessoffashion.com. There's a lot of insights on there. Research like your fabrics, like how they move, you know, what they're used for, all that good stuff. Um, and then build your audience because when you launch, you're gonna wanna have like a customer, a potential customer base. So um, just kind of like getting on social media and building a really big following for your brand is super helpful, even before you have a product. Like say you want to sell, um, say you want to sell streetwear. Just before you have your actual clothing that you design, start like building a page that showcases streetwear. Just so you know that audience is there. And then in addition to that, email list. It's very old fashioned, but your email list is your sales ultimately. Like that's who cared enough to subscribe to your page. And then that's who's going to buy from you. And you'll always have access to them if you have their email. So, yeah. And I just want to go ahead. Sorry. So you I say, that's like my really big tips just for like the um, pre-launch page that will help you be the pre-launch stage, excuse me, that will help you be successful after launch. Yeah. And I just wanted to add on to what you said about the email list. A lot of folks, you know, they're like, oh, I have social. I have a million followers. You know, you, your Instagram account could be shut down tomorrow. Instagram gets shut down tomorrow, and then what happens to all those people that are following you if they don't have nowhere to kind of, if they don't remember your name, or, you know, they don't, they weren't paying enough attention, they, you just completely lost them, so definitely email list is a super important key, um, so thank you for, for, for mentioning that today, um, and just thank you also for being here on doing the most in this adventures of entrepreneurship, I know we're definitely going to probably have you back in the future as you continue to grow up 9 to 5, babe, and I definitely need to look at that inventory because as you can see i'm wearing a sweatshirt my apparel has been very streetwear but i definitely want to step it up and kind of get into the more chic and you know boss lady kind of look um and and so definitely i want to thank you so so much for mentioning the email list because a lot of people forget that instagram could shut down tomorrow so even if you have 2.1 million followers if you don't have their contact information in some other form or some other way, you'll lose that that follower or that potential client. So definitely, thank you for dropping that key. And thank you so, so much for being here today with us on doing the most in this adventure of entrepreneurship. We'll definitely want to follow with you and hear your story in the future. Guys, if you want to know more about what Candace is doing and what 9to5Babe is up to, feel free to check them out. Their information will be in the caption section. Order some clothes because I know definitely I'm going to be checking it out and potentially ordering because sweaters and hoodies are not doing it for me anymore. I got to level up and get, you know, my babe on. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week. Same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.